Welcome to this edition of the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. Juan, there's a lot to talk about. The combine is going on. The brigade is coming in hot. They're coming in really, really hot. Actually, we're going to pull up the chat right now. It's booming. So as people start talking, we will see that in here. Let's go ahead and get started first, though. The DGD Podcast is brought to you by La Terrain. Use code DGD at checkout. Get 10% off your purchase site-wide. Also, check out the Discord. Free community right there talking. Actually, not even just Georgia fans. You can actually find about any college program. Uh, Welcome to all teams. Discord.com forward slash invite forward slash Bones Brigade. Also, get some intel if you join the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash DGD podcast. We're going to hop right into this one because there is a lot going on right now. A lot. Obviously, last night, I think, in my opinion, uh, Pickens kind of broke uh, the Georgia space last night. Uh, official turns out to be 447. Uh, look, nonetheless, my man made some hell of money last night. Uh, as a receiver yourself, what are your thoughts about Pickens last night? Man, any time, you know, I, I ran at the combine. My combine <laughs> 40 time was not um, as, as, as good as his. But uh, any time that you're 6'3", 200-something um, pounds, and then you're also, um, you know, running that type of speed, uh, man, you know. It, and then, of course, it says a lot about Ron Corson, who's the athletic trainer at, at Georgia, who was there when I was there some 25-something years ago. Just what an amazing job he did, you know, getting him healthy after that ACL tear. And uh, getting him healthy enough to not only run for the combine, but also make a big time catch in the national championship. You know, I think it is impressive to what Ron Carson was, uh, Ron Corson was able to do, right? Because coming off of that kind of injury, that, that's a quick turnaround to be able to sit there and and produce on the level he was. You know, coming into the season, we were questioning if he was going to be able to do it at all. You know, I think we kind of talked about toward the end of the season, which kind of came true there. Uh, you know, just that limited capacity. Uh, but look, that that catch the post route, man, in the national title game is going to be, you know, be remembered for a very long time. Um, you know, and, and that also tells you, you know, for him to go out there and produce at that level, make that kind of catch and then follow it up with a four, four, seven. If you want to say official flat, uh, 40, look, you know, I was thinking maybe like a four, five, four at one point, And he, he just made me look wrong. Like he was like, you, you look stupid. And he proved me wrong. I think a lot of other folks did too. We, you know, a lot of people think of four fives. My man runs a four four seven. Obviously, the unofficial is always the more fun uh, to talk about that four four flat. Which, you know, let's just be honest. This whole receiving core, this draft class is is ridiculously fast. There was guys running unofficial four two one. You know, broke the record unofficially, right? And then obviously, yeah. the I want to see around like a four four, like a four two seven official. And then, yeah. you know, you have guys like Alave, right, running running fast as shit, too. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. Like, it was just insane. What people don't realize is that, you know, being up there in Indianapolis running at that combine, the, the turf is so thick and you're almost like sinking into it. So your times are going to be a lot slower than what you're going to do at your pro day. So if he's running that fast in, in Indianapolis, when he actually does his pro day, I mean, he's pretty much going to be an absolute burner. And then, of course, also, too, you know, you've got something to, you know, to kind of measure yourself with, you know. And, and then, of course, when your pro day, you know, gets there, he's absolutely going to blow it out of the water. 
Yeah, and obviously you've got like 14 guys from the you know at the combine throughout this entirety, you know, and then you hear guys like you know Jordan Davis playing at 350 this season, seeing what he did. Like to me, I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm like, so to me, if I'm a fan of Georgia or anybody, I'm like, wow, because I saw what he did, and if he did that at that weight, him trying to slim down to what he said 330, if I'm not mistaken, that's scary because yeah. Like for him to be that athletic at 350, I can only fathom to believe what happens at 330. Yeah, um, he's going to be a monster. And, and I agree too um, with 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 Rudes up here. He just says, you know, cook cooking, you know, is 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 definitely, you know, he's made a lot of improvement. Probably the most improved offensive player. I mean, he is probably one of your most complete backs that you're going to have. Um, obviously, he's got the reputation of his brother. Um, Dalvin, who uh, has made a pretty good name for himself in the NFL um, and has probably got some coaching tips, but you are correct. He did has made the most improvement um, for an offensive player. I'm, I'm excited to see what not only what he does at the combine, but also how well he does in the NFL. No doubt about that. You know, and one of my favorite lines, I think, from this whole combine, if you're a Georgia fan, this has got to be one of your favorites. You know, leading up to the combine, you hear Jamo talking about, you know, if we were healthy, you know, you know, Georgia wouldn't win the title. Well, obviously, Jamari gets asked this at his interview uh, portion of the combine. His line, if I'm not mistaken, to quote, you know, the game's over. We scored more points. I, I love the subtle way to to shut down all of that bullshit, right? Yeah. It, you know, and I'm going to have to go on a little rant here, one uh, rant on. Um, as you know, it's crazy for me to believe that uh, you take Bama, right? They're used to winning. They're used to winning. You know, you see it on the wall, no excuses. But then you get beat in the national title, which who they call their little brother, right? We're their little brother, apparently. And then you sit here and start making these excuses. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, if this, if that. Look, you got beat. There's no excuses. You had an opportunity. Your guys didn't execute. Everybody that was watching that game saw it. So them two could have changed the outlook of the game, but they weren't there. So enough of the bullshit, enough of the excuses. Come back next year ready to go, right? If if Georgia would have lost, we wouldn't be hearing this, right? And I would hope that Georgia wouldn't make excuses, but I can't speak for everybody in this fan base. <laughs> That's I cannot true. do That's that. True. Yeah. But at the same time, Georgia was not healthy as well. Right? Both teams were not healthy. You cannot sit there and use injuries as an excuse because it's going to happen. Now, unfortunately, that's two impact players, Mechie and Jamo. But you still got five stars behind them. Yeah. There's no excuses when you have that level of talent. It was all execution. So. You know, and then Nick Saban goes on his rant talking about, you know, basically calling the guys out without naming them, right? We knew who he was talking about. Absolutely knew who he was talking about. Come on, man. Stop making excuses. Nick, you're better than that. Like, you're the GOAT, right, of coaching. There's no question about it. You're the GOAT. Stop doing it. Yeah. It's like he gets it, older I mean, and but, starts doing but, this but shit. But realistically, who, whose fault is that? Um, you, you know, yeah, players have some type of responsibility, but, but as a coach – you know, you got to hold your players accountable. So, you know, if, if, if your player is not getting the best or doing the best that they, they can absolutely be, that that's on you as a coach. 
So don't don't put that off on those other guys. But yeah, and and, and I've heard that. And anybody that says something like, "Oh, well, if they had this, who cares? It doesn't matter. You lost." Absolutely. You, now you you lost. I mean, I mean, we we could make so many excuses for 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 everything. You know, if if heck, if 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 Tua doesn't go go into the game, you know, we win the first national championship. Exactly. So you know, again, uh, who who cares? I, I just think it's funny. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you somebody who's not losing. That's trailing. Yeah. Could, hey, that's that's a that's an amazing amazing feat to just go up there and say like I'm I'm cancer free. Um, that video, know. like that video, moved me. Like I know it moves a lot of people because I mean, let's be honest, you could throw a rock up in the air, and I guarantee you, if you told somebody who's been impacted by cancer, everybody's gonna put their hand up and try to catch that damn thing. So to hear that, it's always one of those things that, you know, moves everybody, right? Yeah. But yeah. to hear that, you know, it, it's just one of those things where, like, it's more than football. It's more than football. It's, yeah. You know, so hearing that, hey, shout out to Traley. Kick well, shout, shout out to Patrick, too. Uh, you know, when uh, I saw where she she posted it and, and, and Patrick Oliver actually – or, sorry, tweeted it, and then she actually put something – you know, he put something on her on, on her Twitter space. So – you know, we, we got people in the brigade, you know, in the brigade that's that's, you know, supporting, you know, this is it's just amazing. You know, we, we've got an unbelievable brigade. We've got an unbelievable fan base in in, in in Georgia. So just for us to rally around somebody like that is just is absolutely amazing. Look, if y'all, you know, for the brigadiers here that uh, that haven't uh, watched, have went back and watched or listened to the, uh, the G-Day episode, she came on and, you know, the the passion the passion that she has for the the fan base for you know for dog nation like if 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 you didn't care about her battle and her you know things like that like if you're a dog fan and you don't support that come on man that girl is passionate as hell about some dogs yeah period look yeah. and the best part about it and, and look we're gonna try to bring her on for another GA episode I'm just gonna let y'all know that now because I have questions. About that pick six, I do. <laughs> I know for a fact she was wilding out. I'm just going to leave it there. I know for a fact she was. But, yeah, hey, Traley, I know you're listening. Team Traley, you kick cancer's ass, keep it up. Um, now, with that being said, we're on a good note, guys. We're on a, we're on a Friday high, if you want to call it. Let's talk recruiting. Juan, I'm going to let you start here. So for the, for the topic of this right now, we're going to do some names to know. Right. And what, and what this is going to entail is kid like kids in college right now. You can do multiple classes. One, you can do 23, 24, 25. Right. Kids that you think in the state of Georgia that UGA. So I'm going to let you start with a couple names first within the state of Georgia that Georgia fans need to keep on their radar. Yep. So first and foremost, you know, we've, we've got one of the top cornerback slash safeties um, in the 2023 class, and that's Caleb Downs. So Caleb Downs took a trip to um, he took a trip to UGA uh, and, and they rolled out the red carpet. You know, you had your boy Muschamp that just kind of grabbed a hold of him. I've been watching this kid play since he was six years old in, the, in Gwinnett County. Um, just unbelievable motor, unbelievable ball skills. Um, and, and, and he elevates uh, the Mill Creek Hawks to another level. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, all eyes are going to be on him. And right now, I think Georgia's going to be that 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 front runner. But he is definitely a name for all Georgia fans that they need to know. And uh, again, anytime you have an opportunity to hype him up, definitely do that. Uh, another guy is going to be in the 2020, I think he's 2025, maybe it's uh, King Joseph Edwards. 24. But is yeah. he 24? Okay, King yeah. Joseph. Um, he also um, just took a trip up to Georgia. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's great because um, Gummy, his name is Gummy. Um, uh, it's, I can't even think of his first name, uh, McWater. No, sorry, Van Gorder. So it was uh, Van Gorder's son. That used to, you know, the uh, defensive coordinator that used to be at Georgia. Um, so Gummy actually took King Joseph around, um, and they were, I think, at a basketball game. They got an opportunity to talk to Kirby, but uh, uh, Gummy is a Buford guy, so he was a Buford quarterback. So he's definitely taking care of those those Buford guys. He's a guy, big, strong, athletic, and if you get an opportunity, guys, go look him up on on Twitter. They had just recently the big man. Uh, relay race. So that's all the guys that throw the shot put, throw the discus, and they had an opportunity to run a big man relay race against other big men. And I'm going to tell you what, they absolutely smoked the competition. Go look it up. You will be entertained, but you'll be like, wow, those guys can absolutely run. And then the uh, the, the last guy in the 2024 class um, is going to be KJ Bolden. Uh, KJ, he's, uh, he, he's a big time Strong safe, or sorry, big time safety. He's also a big time wide receiver. Um, and, and that Buford uh, championship game that we won, he had made two big, huge catches. Um, one of those catches on the way down for that game, uh, game winning touchdown. So check him out. Uh, not only is he one of the uh, top uh, players, but he's also top in track. So right now, the four by one for the Buford Wolves. Are, have the top time in the nation. They ran a 40.75, and KJ runs wow. the second leg. So anybody that knows anything wow. about track, your two fastest guys are going to be the second leg and the fourth leg. So he runs the second leg, and then Isaiah Bond, who was going to Florida, who's also going to probably have the top time in the 100 and 200, runs the fourth leg. So look look up view for track. You'll get an opportunity to see KJ run. You'll also get a chance to see uh, King Joseph run. And I'm going to tell you what, these guys are top dogs. No doubt about that. I'm going to answer. I'm going to go to the brigade here. Roots, welcome. First time uh, brigadier, it looks like. Uh, asked, you know, he's interested to see what Kirby does at the safety position now that he mentions it. Uh, are you talking about like immediately, Roots, or are you talking about in the future? Uh, if we're looking in the present, I'm telling you right now, it would not surprise me. And, and honestly, this could translate to both here. So I'm going to just say this right here. Two name or one name, Malachi Sars. I'm telling you right now, I have faith that that guy will be the next safety that can do it all, right? I think he's got tremendous ball skills. He's actually a thumper if you really look at it. Uh, and he's fast as hell too. So, you know, I, I think right now, you know, obviously I think you look at Chris Smith coming back, Roots, perfect example of, you know, that seniority, like that seniority, that leadership that you need, especially back in the secondary. But you also look at Tyke Smith. You know, <clears throat> does Tyke play the star? I think he goes to safety, considering you've got Will Poole, and I think Will Poole is the star. Um, you know, there were questions about it last year, you know, whether Tyke was going to be the star, and he was projected to. And then you see guys like Brainy and Will Poole. You know, Will Poole had a great natty game, by the way. So you sit there, you see that right there, and now you can sit there and maybe, you know, maybe Dan Jackson. Hell, you never know, Dan Jackson's probably – 
I have a feeling he gets a scholarship and, and plays or starts at safety too. So you, there's just a, a plethora of guys that you can throw out. Dan Jackson didn't really, you know, really do that bad in my opinion, right? You had seen and you had Chris Smith. So, you know, it was one of those situations. But, you know, and obviously I think the, the question is, how do you replace Seen? Well, I think you look at, like I said, Malachi could come in and, you know, push perhaps. But then you also, you know, Dan Jackson was just fine. But I think I think if you put Tyke Smith, you know, you start to kind of put this, you kind of almost fill the same hole that Seen left with a thumper that has a little bit of a liability and coverage. So you start to wonder what do you want there, right? Like, does he want more guys that come up and hit the box and thump? Or do you want guys that are more ball hawkish, right? And whatever the, whatever happens there, you know, I, I think it's going to determine the personnel. I, I think that's the main question, what he what he want, what he views the safety positions to be. Um, and as we transition from that, too, obviously from a recruiting standpoint, Juan, you listed a, a few guys uh, within the state of Georgia. Now it's my turn to talk about some North Carolina. Obviously, North Carolina, look, I'm telling you right now, guys, if, you know, if you live in Georgia and you focus on Georgia high school recruiting, I'm telling you, open your eyes to North Carolina because there's some serious talent here. And it's it, it multiple classes, is all I'm going to say. First off, I'm going to do this because it's just me, Jamal Jarrett, guys. I'm just saying, 2023 defensive tackle, Under Armour camp goes in at 6'5", 339. Just got his four-star back after that freaking performance he laid down. D-line MVP. Uh, played against, you know, did some uh, one-on-one reps against some of the best guys in, 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 the, in the country, especially the area. Dominates. He's a bull rusher, but he's also got some good uh, hand movement, too. As his senior year comes up, I'm telling you, it's going to get better. And when that happens, the rankings are going to show for it. I've been saying it over and over and over, and I'm going to ride this damn horse until the wheels fall off. This way it's going to be. I just see too much of Jordan Davis in there, and it's too good for me not to say, Georgia, you have to get him. You have to, right? Got a Tennessee visit this weekend, 25th of March. He's going to Georgia. I expect that to be a good one. Uh, Georgia, you know how it is, Juan. Georgia recruiting is just something different about it. I expect that to be good. But that's just that's my main name here, especially, like, within the proximity of this timing. Look, there's another kid that I wish Georgia would be able to do something with. Like, looking at his measurables, I think his measurables are what stick out to me and probably ding him one. Kid named Barry Tate, man. Um, sit there, Northeast Guilford, uh, running back. No, receiver, sorry, receiver. 5'9", 170, plans to get about 185, perhaps. But he runs a 4.35. And watching his tape, he's very shifty, you know, very elusive. Similar to what you would see in kind of like a Barry Sanders, right? Real like jukey and, and, you know, real twitchy like that right there, trying to break tackles and stuff. I loved it, right? I love seeing that. I, I just think his height and, and measurables are just not up to what Georgia wants. And I hope that I wish that would change because how interesting would it be to see a smaller guy like that make an impact and, and just, you know, break away speed, you know, because I feel like Georgia hasn't had that like true, you've got it. You've got that breakaway speed, but, you know, make guys miss and then turn the burners on, right? Like Arian Smith, CJ Smith, are, look, those guys are elite speed, elite speed. 435 is nothing to scoff about either. That's, that's impressive as shit, really. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see more speed there, but also, you know, like I said, I just think the measurables, being this kid, 
But at the same time, there's another kid in the 24 class uh, out of Burlington, uh, Jonathan Paler. About the same measurables, a little bit bulkier. But 24-7 has him as a number eight overall kid right now in their rankings. So that's so that leaves me with the question, you know, if he can be that way, what's what's the cause in that difference, right? But that's another name too, Jonathan Paler. Kid's gonna be good. Really, really good. Really twi- like really twitchy. Uh runs a little bit strong, like runs a little bit. He does running back and receiver. Uh Georgia's already on him heavy, right? There's a couple kids uh in the 24 class, really several in my opinion. Uh we'll talk about it a little bit later. Let Juan do some more names. But Jonathan Paler's another guy that you need to keep an eye out for. Look, build this North Carolina pipeline. Take him away from Mac Brown. I, I want to see it. I want to see it. Juan, give me some, may, give me a, maybe another name or two that you think that we need to keep an eye out for. Um, that's that's going to be well. Well, number you know the the biggest thing is what what is Overton going to do? Um, you know what what is Levy? Is I mean we we you know that that's that would be huge. situation. Yeah, yeah that that would be huge just to know what he's going to do, especially since he's, since he's reclassed, you know, coming over from, you know, coming over from Milton. Um, but then you also have um, Jack Luttrell, who uh, they, his nickname, I think is white lightning um, wow. is, is, is what, what they call him. He was at Hebron. His father took a job, I think as a strength and conditioning coach that is uh, down in um, Colquitt County. He is a ball hawking guy, unbelievable receiver, great uh, defensively. Just you know, he's a coach's son, so he's very, very cerebral. Um, but uh, I think he's you know had a couple of you know maybe a visit to Tennessee somewhere else. This is another guy that Georgia really needs to get a hold of. You know, just kind of reminds you of that of that Kirby Smart, uh, just that 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 meanness, that 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 toughness can jump, you know, can jump through the sky. Uh, so he, he he's going to be one. He's a 2023 guy. And then we have another guy that, uh, you know, that, at, at Buford. And I hate to, you know, keep harping on Buford, but Buford's got a lot of guys. I was say, Ed, Ed, Edric Houston. Edric Houston is another guy. He plays tight end. He yes, also sir. plays the he also plays the edge big time. He was very, very instrumental in that state championship run. You know, he was instrumental all season. Uh, tough, hard nosed guy. That again, he's you know he's starting to collect all of these offers, but as these offers are coming in, Georgia can really just come in and glean, uh, Bu- you know, in what what Buford's got, and really just uh, have some fierce competitors. They already work hard in the uh, in the weight room; they know what it takes. So you know they're they're not having a huge learning curve when they actually go up to Georgia. And then again, you've got you've got Gummy uh, Van Gorder, who knows all of these kids. And so he knows what they bring. So hopefully they'll be down there heavily recruiting those kids out of Buford. Yeah, look, you, you mentioned Buford over and over. Look, there's a reason why we're talking about these schools. They're just loaded with talent, right? Your Buford is the same as Maya Grimsley up here. One of the highest levels of your state's football, and you're pushing out D1 talent left and right and even around and around. It's just going that way. Uh, yes, Patrick, I did mention that. I did mention him. Yes. Uh, you know, but then you talk about it, right? You look at, you know, I'm going to go to Grimsley here. Got another couple guys. Look, two receivers, 2024 class, Alex Taylor, Terrell Anderson. Both guys are about 6'2", 6'3", right measurables for what you kind of think Kirby Smart wants to look for. I'm telling you right now, Terrell Anderson runs like a madman. As soon as he catches the ball, he immediately turns into this vicious ass runner. He runs mean. He's physical. 
he will make he will make you pay for trying to come tackle him after he catches the ball. That's what I like to see with a possession receiver. But he's sneaky fast too. So don't get it twisted that he's just a possession receiver. Great possession receiver, by the way. But then you look at Alex Taylor. Alex Taylor, again, another guy sneaky fast. I want to say he's about 6'3. I think he might be 6'3. But like I said, sneaky fast, great routes, crisp routes. I think he's even trying to work even better on his route running. Juan, you know about routes that routes or route running is important. Wow. Yes, it is. That popped up fast. Um, Route running is super important. And, you know, you can create space by running the right routes. And that's what I've seen a lot of the times with Grimsley. And I expect to see it again this year. So both of those guys, in my opinion, look, they may not have it. He might, they might both get some Georgia love. And I'm telling you right now, if they do, you heard it here first. There's a reason for it. They, they need to be shown some love from Georgia. I hope BMAC comes into the state of North Carolina, continues that North Carolina pipeline like he did when he was running backs coach because he knew what he needed. He got it. And, and, and if you're not familiar, Todd Gurley, Keith Marshall, right, just a couple of names out of the state here, right? Obviously, we know his track record with overall, but he he can find it, right? He can find it. So I won't, I won't be Mac up here, right? I won't be Mac coming in and finding these guys. Those two guys, you know, like I said, Alex Taylor, uh, Terrell Anderson. Look, I'm telling you, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a breakout season here this year. And I would not be surprised. They've already got Michigan offers, a couple different offers, right? A couple Power Five offers. That's gonna change. They're gonna blow up. I just see it coming. If they stay healthy, that's gonna change. It's gonna change. Um, before we do that one, is there anybody, you know, like? Buford, what Buford is six A or are they seven A? They just they just moved up to seven, so they'll be seven A next year. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So y'all are going to be playing the the Gwinnets. Okay, so that's going to be interesting there, because you I, I know if I'm not mistaken, I thought they were six A. I remember the last time we had talked about Buford, they were six A. Yeah, y'all y'all what Buford three peats, you know. So I want to hear your thoughts here with all that talent there, right? And we're going to show some love to these schools because we talk about them so much. Do you think Buford, with all the talent that's amassed in there and that's holding right there, do they go back to back now that they're, or do they go back again now that they're seven a? That 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 that's a tough one. I mean, they lost, they lost fourteen D one, D one scholar, uh, D D uh, fourteen D one kids. They got D one scholarships. Good lord! Um, and I think two or three or four of them. Maybe I've gotten some a, a, a couple of D two and a couple of guys that are still waiting on, um, you know, waiting waiting on some opportunities. So it, it's 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 going to be tough. Um, you know, they they lost of you know all, all the skill guys. So mo, mo, you know most of the skill guys um, on offense, most of the skill guys on 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 defense. But you know what? They're always coached well. They're always they're always coached well. They're going to be tough. You know, they do have to play Mill Creek this year, who has Caleb Downs that we talked about. Uh, and, 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 you know, they're going to be facing some tough talent. They'll, you know, maybe in the playoffs, they'll run into Malachi Singleton, who is the quarterback over at North Cobb, who I think is, uh, got a little bit of Georgia interest. Um, you'll face another guy at, at maybe possibly at North Gwinnett, uh, who's a legacy guy. His name is Grant Godfrey. Uh, his dad was Randall Godfrey, a big time linebacker for Georgia, played with me, then went to the Cowboys and the Titans. And his, his older son, RJ, just got a, a, a basketball scholarship to Clemson. Wow. So, um, but so you can best believe that, you know, Grant Godfrey wants to stay close to home. Uh, but I think his dream would be uh, to be a Georgia Bulldog. So 
They're, they're, they're going to be playing a lot, a lot of talented teams. South Georgia has always been tough. Uh, so it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Will they compete? Absolutely. To go and run and, and make a championship, I'm, I'm not too sure. It just depends on how well the team is gelling uh, closer to the end of the season. Yeah, you know, just thinking about all that talent that you listed off, like it's just scary. Like Georgia, Georgia's, Georgia high school football is one of the best states in the country, right? You're, you're getting elite talent at all classification levels. So, you know, look, while North Carolina won, we only go to 4A. But that does not discount the level of talent that's coming out, right? You know, it may not be on the same level as Georgia, right, when it comes to that much elite talent. But I will say this. North Carolina, for the next at least several years that I'm seeing, this this class and even really this past class too, they're pushing out some elite talent. And like I said, in 2024, this is an example. Jaden Davis, quarterback out of, uh, Providence, I think, Providence Day in Charlotte, 24-7 has their top 24-7, number one overall regardless. Jonathan Paylor, like I mentioned earlier, number eight overall. North Carolina, if these guys continue to progress, I'm telling you right now, people are going to keep a lookout for North Carolina as a state. And talking about Grimsley, look, everybody knows Grimsley for the most part, at least within the Georgia space because of Travis Shaw. But yeah. they had more than Travis Shaw. They lose, you know, Alonzo Barnett, you lose Tamori Thompson. A lot of these guys go into, you know, lesser, less, I wouldn't say, you know, not power five, right? Uh, South Carolina State is not a slouch. I like, I like what South Carolina brings to the table. James Madison, if you keep up with James Madison, they were – they played into the playoffs and I think won it all. Um, so not not a, not soft programs, right? Just not D1, right? So just keep that for the record, not discrediting any of those schools, good schools. But then everybody knows Travis Shaw, right? Sit there, goes to North Carolina over Georgia, things like that. You know, look, just one guy doesn't mean anything. Like mm-hmm. there's so much more there, right? Like I said, we've known now we've started to understand Jamal is here. He's a presence, right? You've got other guys like Alex and Terrell. You know, you've got just a bunch of guys here. But in the 4A space, you're looking at other schools around here, and it's insane. It really is because you've got you've got schools like Dudley at 3A that just came off of their state title this past year, right here local to me, right? And I ain't even I haven't even left the triad yet. <laughs> so you've got Forsyth. <laughs> you've got Glenn. Both out of Kernersville, both ridiculous good schools too. You got Northeast Gilbert with Barry Tate, which I'm telling you right now, the kids, kids legit. You sit there, you've got, you know, you've got Paige that's, you know, a power, or I wouldn't say a powerhouse, but you know, they're commonly known around the triad. You got Mount Tabor, and Patrick here says Dudley's got some monsters that they do. Coach Anderson at DC down there, always got a damn good defense. They call them the D boys for a reason. So, can't, kids are legit down there. So I love seeing this right when it's. I mean, I'll just focus on the try. I can focus on the triad and get enough uh, college or enough high school football. But if you want to talk about Charlotte, you can. Let's not forget a kid over there. Legit talent. We need to get back on him. He released his top five, took Georgia out, put Florida State in. Georgia needs to get back on that. Kid's legit. You need to get on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if he's listening, but I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, we're here. We know, right? We know. Right, right. Like, trust me, I know. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> but nonetheless, hey, look. So those are some names right here, guys. Look, we could go on and on, right? We could do this all day if we really wanted to, one, but we're not going to. I don't know if the people want to hear enough of that, right? 
So we're going to wrap it up here, guys. What we're going to do Monday, welcome in uh, Mike Yuba. We're going to understand the Gamecocks a little bit Monday. I want to go ahead and preview for Monday's show. Understanding the Gamecocks, so there's a lot of offseason hype right now with Spencer and Stogner. We're going to talk more about that right there. We definitely want to pick uh, Mike's brain a little bit there. Looking forward to that, right? I think the East just needs to step up, and I think South Carolina might be a team to do that. So it's always good to kind of get this under the radar. If you don't remember, my guy Chris last year told us about Josh Van well ahead of time, and then Josh Van came to proceed to torch us against uh, when we played him this year. Keep that in mind. <laughs> that there's a reason. There's the reason. With that being said, one, hey, look, have a great Friday. Have a great weekend, by the way. Um, the brigade, y'all came in hot, came in heavy. Thank you as always. You're the best damn. You're the best best brigade I know. Period. Right, best chat I know. <laughs> Other than that one, you got any last words you want to say before we wrap this thing up, man? Man, there's there, there's nothing bigger than to say just go dogs. I'm not mad about that at all because it's always a good time to say go dogs. Yeah, I'm going to touch back on one more point before we wrap this up. Team Traley, Traley, I'm looking right at you. Good job, girl. You kicked ass. With that being said, have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you back on the next episode. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>